Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 31st, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Unbelievable that May is almost over. The NBA Finals, of course, start tomorrow, June 1st, on Thursday in Oakland. Finally excited to see the NBA Finals get going, get to see some ba- get to see some basketball, some high-level basketball, and get to see the two teams that we all anticipate were going to be the two teams that were going to be in the Finals to begin with. So it should be an absolutely thrilling and fun series. If you want my complete thoughts on the NBA Finals, I highly suggest you go check out the Bang the Book radio podcast uh, you can get that on iTunes. Uh, I, I put a link up on orlandomagicdaily.com in the morning. Uh, get into a lot of it. It's, it's, it's kind of a gambling uh, uh, podcast. So we do get into some odds and discuss some, 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 of, the, some of the betting lines that are going on. But, it's a, but I, I provide my thoughts and my preview of the upcoming NBA Finals on that podcast. I'll, I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about it on tomorrow's episode about what I think is going to happen in the NBA Finals. Uh, but that should whet your appetite, about an hour-long podcast there. And of course, if you're looking for complete coverage of the NBA Finals, I highly suggest you check out Locked On Warriors and Locked On Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Number one, your number one source for daily coverage of the NBA Finals from the local perspective. Uh, just like you get with Locked On Magic, but from a local fan, from a local perspective, someone who covers the team, follows the team very, very closely. Locked On Warriors and Locked On Cavs, Cavaliers does the job for those teams too. Should be a very fun NBA Finals. Um, I think we're all looking forward uh, to getting this series started on Thursday, uh, and so we're revving to go. But on the Magic front, we're focused on the draft, and I have a couple of draft topics I want to talk about on today's episode. Continuing our player profile series, I'll talk a little about Jason Tatum, but the the big issue that I want to talk about at this point is more about what the Magic are going to do, Um, because they've got some big decisions ahead, and it's not just the players they pick. As we all know, the Orlando Magic are probably go- are going to be one of the more active teams at the NBA draft. They have four picks. It'd be impossible for them not to be active with four picks in the first 35. And when you hear Jeff Weltman, t- when you've heard Jeff Weltman talk about it, when you've heard uh, um, the Magic talk about the opportunity that, that that's there in this draft, they feel they're going to get a, a, a top player at six, but they also feel like they can get players who can contribute to the team in the long term at 25 33, and 35. These are all very high-value picks. There are definitely a few ways the team can go, though. Um, If Orlando is in a little bit of a win-now mode, there is certainly the opportunity for them to trade some of these picks. I don't think they'll trade six. Six, I think, is pretty set. But with three other picks in the draft, the opportunity to move up is present. And not only the opportunity to move up, but, but possibly even to move out. 
especially at 33 and 35, if the Magic are willing to take on a little bit more salary, they've got C.J. Watson's uh, non-guaranteed deal to play with as well. It's only $1 million there. If if the Magic wanted to move out of the draft and bring in a veteran of some sort, you know, low-priced veteran, they certainly can do that. If they want to package 33 and 35 and turn it into something, they certainly can do that. There's a lot of options. But there's also a compelling argument to keep all four picks. Personally, I'm not of the mind that the Magic want to have four rookies on their roster next year. While I don't think next year is a playoff or bust season at all, you know, you won 29 games last year, so I think the expectations have to be reset just a little bit. I don't think the Magic are in playoff or bust mode, but certainly they want to believe that they're heading toward the playoffs within the next year or two. You know, maybe they surprise to make the playoffs next year. No one's going to complain. But certainly by, by 2019, I think the Magic want to see this streak come to an end and, and become a player in the playoff picture. And if that's the case, having a lot of rookies on your roster is not the way to do that. But at the same time, the Magic are in a position where they need to restock on talent. They need to restock with players on the raw. They need to restock young players on the roster. Before the Tobias Harris trade, the Magic were a fairly young team. Their core pieces were all on their first or second contracts. And even today, a lot of their players are on their first or second contracts. Evan Fournier is on a second contract. Nikola Vucevic, uh, Terrence Ross is on a second contract. Bismack Biombo is essentially on a second contract. Aaron Gordon's about to be on a second contract. But the Magic's bench players and role players, they're all essentially veterans. And the Magic didn't have a lot of youth, and they, and they didn't have a lot, of, a lot of upside. Essentially, the roster was what it was. And the most disappointing part about this 29-win season was the Magic invested so much in this team, committed a lot of valuable assets to create this team, shunned a lot of younger players that, that may have grown into something for players that they thought were established and ready to contribute, and they weren't. That was a big, big miscalculation of this season. And yes, young players are going to make mistakes, and you got to live with those mistakes. But if you make the right picks, they can also blossom into quality players, cheap quality players too. So you can go out and get those big-name players with, with your salary cap room. The Magic needed that desperately last year, and they couldn't find it. You know, D.J. Augustin had his ups and downs. Jeff Green, was, Jeff Green wasn't quite what, what the team needed. Um, you know, the Magic's bench was 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 a disaster, and I would argue actually that the Magic's bench was a bigger issue than their starting lineup throughout the entire season. It wasn't just um, it, the issues for the Magic aren't really that simple, especially especially after the All Star break. The starters were really good, the bench was really terrible, and so adding some depth, some cheap depth, is really really valuable, and that's what this draft provides. When you look at the players that are going to potentially be available at 25, 33, and 35, you know, you're not looking at guys who are going to be stars. You're not looking at players who are going to take a big leap. You know, I talked a lot about Jawan Evans yes on yesterday's podcast, uh, and he's a player that's going to go somewhere in the 20s, probably. He's a really interesting player, but I don't see him as a starter. I mean, certainly I think he has the talent that he could grow into becoming a starter, but I think he's a player that, that could come in right away and be a solid bench guy, 
And that's what you need. You know, he's got some shortcomings that will make him a solid bench player because he's got starter talent. He just may not be an actual starter in this league. And a lot of people are, you know, are suggesting the Magic should go out, get another high-quality player, and move one of their starters to the bench. That's going to help the bench too. But so too is adding some youth, adding some, some energy, um, adding some, play, some depth just overall. And that's what this draft can do. This draft should help the Magic restock that depth. It should help them improve their, their, their talent base. If anything, it's an added asset to trade for a quality player. Something that, something that someone else will want. This NBA draft, this coming draft, the four picks the Magic have, has the potential to really reshape the Magic roster. As, as our Zach Palmer of Orlando Magic Daily points out, the Magic have four free agents. They're likely going to let a lot of them walk, and there's a few others they could let walk too. And so these draft picks are essentially going to replace them. You know, Jeff Green, uh, probably C.J. Watson, probably Jody Meeks. The Magic are going to replace these players with rookies, essentially. And I think that is probably a good thing at this point. Realistically, though, I, I see the Magic. I don't know if the Magic will try and move up to get a, a, a third first-round pick or move up from 25. Certainly very possible. I think the Magic want to kind of control some cost because they're right up against the salary cap, obviously. Um, they've got around $15 million to spend, so, so their maneuverability is very, very small. They certainly could use all four of these picks to fill needs for next season, just roster needs for next season. I don't know if they want to rely completely on rookies, though, because I do think they still have some some manageable goals for what they want to accomplish next season. Of course, what those goals end up, what those uh, what that what those expectations are, we'll we'll determine that in the summer. But certainly, the Magic can add talent here. You talk about Jawan Evans at twenty five. We can talk about. You know some some solid bigs, some 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 solid bigs who can defend and rebound at thirty three and thirty five. You know your Jonathan Motleys, your Caleb Swanigans, your um, you know possibly. You know I don't think DJ Wilson will be there, but there's a lot of interesting players. You know Josh Hart, really really good point guard in college, who isn't getting a lot of NBA buzz. There are some really good players still available in this draft, thirty three and thirty five. You're getting first-round talent in the second round. And I think the Magic absolutely need to take advantage of that. I don't think they should be going into the draft thinking, we are going to trade this pick. We must trade this pick or or, or whatever. If, if there's a player they want that they feel they can get at 20 or 19 or, or late teens, something like that, and they can trade 25 and one of the second-round picks to get him, I absolutely think the Magic should do that. They should be aggressive with these picks. Figuring out what they can get. But they should also feel very, very comfortable bringing in these rookies. Bringing in these young players and restocking the talent. Because there is a lot of talent in this draft. Especially, I think, in the 20s and 30s. I think I think the draft, as I've begun looking at the draft a little closer, the top is ridiculously good. The middle of the, lo- the, middle of the first round is a little shaky. There's, there's good players, don't get me wrong. But players with a lot of question marks if you're going to rely on them to be starters. And then I think about around the time the Magic start picking in the in the 20s and the mid-20s, going into the mid-30s, you're going to see a lot of players 
who I think can contribute off benches in the NBA. Um, I, I think I think there's a there's a dip there in the middle about who some of those players are. I mean, like uh, OG Anunoby of Indiana is a really good example of this. So he's coming off a torn ACL, but he's kind of a tweener three. He's he's got a lot of he had. I mean, before his injury, he had a lot of explosiveness, could break guys down off the dribble. Not a great shooter. So how do you evaluate that? Whereas you know, I look at a guy like Jolan Evans, for example, who I profiled yesterday. He's someone that I see carving out a role as a backup point guard very, very easily because he can get to the basket, get into the paint, and create for others. And that's valuable. Even if he's not the one doing the scoring, that's valuable. And there are a lot of players like that. Um, you know, uh, DJ Wilson's a little bit of a project. Harry Giles, really talented center, struggled with injuries at Duke, um, but could be a really, really good player. Um, if he stayed in college, he would have been. I think he would have been really good next year. He's, he's a player that you might have to take a little bit of risk on. Um, you know, there there are a lot of players like that 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 are going to go in the twenties that you're going to feel really good about. Um, Ek Ek, I'm going to mess this up. Ek on 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 Ek from from UCLA. TJ Leaf's really versatile. Um, you know, needs to learn how to stretch into a, into a four into a stretch four. Um, but a lot of players like that, really intriguing guys who who definitely can carve out a role in the NBA. Like I said, even in the second round, Josh Hart, Caleb Swainigan really come to mind as, as guys who are ready to contribute now um, and should be able to contribute now at the NBA level. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But one guy that I think can certainly contribute, and we're going to turn our attention away from the back end of the draft to the top end of the draft once again, and talk a little bit today about Jason Tatum of Duke. Jason Tatum is certainly one of the top prospects in this draft. Um, I I think that he is someone who is just a very is a very very capable scorer, and he proved that at Duke very very quickly. Once he got comfortable with the Duke Blue Devils and at the college level, he became a scoring machine and showed that even more in in March when when the stakes were at their highest. Tatum averaged sixteen point eight points and seven point three rebounds per game last year with a 50.7% effective field goal percentage. And that's, that, that is actually important that he had such a high effective field goal percentage because he's not a particularly great three-point shooter. That is one of his weaknesses. Where Tatum really excels, he is a star in the very traditional sense of, of how we think of a star player. He is probably, certainly among the forwards, but probably the best isolation player in this league. And 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 isolation plays are not my favorite. I, it's not my favorite style of basketball. It's it's it's, it's in, it is typically inefficient. Uh and it's 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 not a good way to score. You got to find ways to get others involved and and you see a lot of NBA teams going away from this style. But Jason Tatum is unique that he can play that style and play it well. He has got a really good jab step. He, he jabs Jabs to get you off balance and then takes advantage very quickly. He can get into a shot extremely quickly and he's able to hit mid-range shots at a really high level. Again, that's not the direction the NBA is headed, 
that it's still a really valuable skill. And the mid-range shot is the provenance of the star player. And so Jason Tatum needs to become a star. The good news is he looked like he could at Duke. At Duke, he definitely looked like a star player. And there's little reason to think that that's not going to continue at the NBA level. What what really impressed me about Tatum when I've watched when I watched him play at Duke is you know I I've I've noted this on Twitter. I have a tendency to watch everyone's worst games. I don't know why. I, I always catch everyone's worst games every year. So I, I remember watching Tatum play one game. It was during the ACC season. And I thought to myself, Tatum really hasn't done anything. He's kind of been coasting along the perimeter, not really uh, contributing much, not really involved much. And then I looked at the box score, and he had like 12 points and 8 rebounds. Not a spectacular game, but for a game where he's not doing very much, he certainly was doing a lot. And that's where I think Tatum separates himself from a lot of other players that, that kind of fit his archetype of, of kind of mid-range maestro. He's someone that finds a way to, finds a way to contribute. He, he, he's an isolationist without taking away from what other players are doing. He's, he's perfectly fine being in the background sometimes. Because he's got a great rebounding ability. At six foot eight, he is a strong rebounder, a very good rebounder, 7.3 rebounds per game. Um, he is going to attack the glass and find ways to contribute. He's got to improve his three-point shot to, to spread the floor a little bit better. And, and the Carmelo Anthony comparisons are absolutely apt. That is the, the style of player that he is. Um he he just keep can get into a defense in, in the exact same way that 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 Melo does. And so when I when I look at Tatum, I I see this odd mix of a player. He's really good at what he does. Isolating in the mid post, can back down smaller defenders, really quick first step, really quick jab step, really quick transition to a shot. You know, able to run the floor, able to finish at the basket um, in a variety of ways, able to get to the foul line, able to do all those things. But at the same time, that's not the direction the NBA is going. If you're going to invest in Tatum, A, he needs to be a star, and B, you need to be able to build around him with shooting, which is not something the Magic have. The talent is undoubtedly there. But the question is, you know, can a mid can an early 2000 superstar become a superstar in today's league the skills that that he has are not skills the NBA looks for very often this is not to say the magic should not pick Tatum if he somehow slips to 6 the magic should absolutely pick Tatum if he slips to six, because he is a really good player. And and, and in my mind, as I've always said, I, I kind of envision Aaron Gordon playing next to another versatile switchy four. Someone who can can play the three on offense and the four on de- four on defense. And I think Tatum can do that. Um I think he has the capability to have that versatility. And so that makes him very, very valuable again. Then my final thought on Tatum 
is he is going to be a, a solid player in the NBA. I don't know if he's going to be a star player, but he'll carve a role somewhere because there's still value in this type of player. Look at DeMar DeRozan. Um, De- DeMar DeRozan is coming off an incredible year, but he is not a three-point shooter. He does not shoot threes. And yet he still finds a way to succeed. Players like that can succeed in this league. And I think Tatum is 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 going to have to follow that path. He is a very, very good player and certainly worth a pick if the Magic get can get to him at six. So definitely keep an eye on him. It wouldn't surprise me if the Magic have him come in for a workout um, in the future. His stock's been up and down. I've seen plenty of mock drafts that have him falling to six. So we'll see exactly what happens uh, as the Magic prepare for the draft in a couple of weeks. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we're doing. It does help spread the word. Help us climb rankings and let people know how great Locked On Magic is because as we all know, by June 22nd, the talk will be all about the Orlando Magic. We want people to know that Locked On Magic is the place to get the latest on the Orlando Magic. Also, quick reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily as well as like Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open, so feel free to send me your Orlando Magic Daily Orlando Magic questions. Uh, I'm sure I will actually answer them on, on the show as well. So send them to me on Twitter at or OmagicDaily or at LockedOnMagic. You can, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The NBA Finals are finally here. I'll have a little preview of the NBA Finals on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Until then, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.